0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good afternoon everyone. It is Wednesday, September the 27th, 2023. It is currently 3:41 p.m. Central Time and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I know it's been A few weeks, we spent 70 plus hours, 70 plus hours in the book of Jeremiah. We had kind of a a marathon there at the end, working through the book of Jeremiah, and that completed our last Bible study exercise. And since then, it's been silent. Well, I mean, it has been silent. We're doing all kinds of other things here on the Theology Central podcast, but it's been silent as far as no new Bible study exercise. And I know you've been really nervous about that. You've probably been like, when's the next Bible study exercise? That's why I have received 15 emails a day going, when are you going to do another Bible? Okay, actually I've received zero emails asking when the next Bible study exercise is. But that's irrelevant. I'm going to ignore the fact that no one asked... Because I just know deep down you were like, I don't know if I can make it another day. Please give me another Bible study exercise because I want to dig into the scriptures. I want to study. I want to be challenged. I want to be forced to think. I, okay. All right. May, maybe, maybe I'm being naive, but it is time for another Bible study exercise. And I'm probably going to regret doing this, but this is going to be one of those Bible study exercises where I do not have a specific stopping point in mind. This is one that is so big, so many different directions we could go That I don't even know how long it's going to be. So I'm not going to make any promises here. I'm not going to say we're going to finish this by the end of 2023. We should try to finish it by the end of 2023. If you're thinking logically, we should probably try to finish this before the holidays really kick in. But I don't know if I can make that promise because this is one of those things that's so much content. There's so much to talk about. There's so many Oh, there's just so much, so much, so much. I don't want to give too much away, but we are going to engage in this. I, I'm going to try my best to not give you, I, I, I was thinking about, okay, for what we're going to be studying there's certain Bible study exercise methods, right, certain Bible study methods. I could say, okay, here is your assignment. Use this method on this topic. But I don't think I'm going to do that because I think you would get really bogged down. I think you would become overwhelmed and you wouldn't even be willing. I don't think if you were actually engaging in that, you wouldn't be really listening you could be listening to the episodes, but you couldn't do anything else. So I am going to give you, there's going to be lots of assignments in this Bible study exercise, but they're going to be based on what we see, what we're talking about, maybe questions I received or I receive, you know, what whenever I receive them, okay? Receive, received, I will receive. Whatever tense we want to use, uh, we will, a lot of it will be based on that. And I can promise you this, you know, we're doing a new podcast slash podcast series called The Bible Pop Quiz. Oh, this topic is going to be all over The Bible Pop Quiz. It's going to be over it day in, day out. It's going to be, oh, you're going to, I mean, if you if you listen to The Bible Study Exercise Podcast and you listen to The Bible Pop Quiz Podcast, you're going to get plenty of this content and you're going to hopefully by the time it's over. You can honestly say, I've mastered that subject to the best of my ability. I I, I may not know everything, but I know more than I've ever. I'm going to try to ensure this, that you're going to know more about this than you've ever known in the past. That is my goal. That is my, uh, obviously there'll be some of you who know more than I do. so I won't be able to achieve that, but I'm going to do my very, 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 very best. So are you ready? Are Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. To begin. This, this is going to be kind of the, the why. Why should we do this study on this particular topic? I know what you're saying. What is the topic? Well, now wherever you listen to the podcast, wherever you listen to the broadcast, you already know what the topic is, but I hate doing that. I like, I like building it up like I'm telling a story. So I know you're like, well, it says in the title, but I don't, I don't like doing this. So I'm not going to mention it yet. I'm going to build to it. Are, are you ready? So if you can, if you can, if you can for this kind of introduction to the introduction for the next upcoming Bible study exercise podcast adventure. I hope you are ready because it's going to be an adventure and it's going to be lots of twists and turns. There's going to be very tall mountains to climb. we're We're going to have ups and downs and twists and turns and we may get lost and we may stumble, but it's going to be fun. So I hope you are ready. Let's begin by opening up our Bibles to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, chapter 24 verse 9. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9, All right? I'm not saying, I think this offers the correct context or at least gives us a little bit. We could probably expand the context, but this will get us close to where we need to go. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu And 70 of the elders of Israel. So we have Moses, we have Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. They go up. Where do they go up to? Where are they going? Well, let's see what happens. Verse 10. This is Exodus 24. If I said 23, I apologize. Exodus 24, 9. Let me read it again. Make sure we're on the same page. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. Then went up. We have to figure out where they go up to. Moses. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. You want to talk about a verse that we could pro- po- we could probably de- de- dedicate a Bible study exercise to Exodus 24.10. They saw the God of Israel. Can someone see God and lives? What did they see? And look at what they see. And then under his feet are a paved work of sapphire stone, as it were, the body of heaven and his clearness. What is going on there? Verse 11, and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God and did eat and drink verse 12. And the Lord said unto Moses Come up to me into the mount and be there and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Okay. And Moses rose up and went and and Moses rose up. Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. All right. So they, they, they go up, then they see whatever you want to, they see God, they see this amazing thing. And then God tells Moses, you come up to me and I'm going to give you commandments that you can teach them. Then Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua, and they went up to the and Moses went up to the Mount of God, verse 14. And he said unto the elders, Terry, ye here for us until we come again unto you, and behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. I mean this is what is going on? twenty four sixteen. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mount and the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, this is... Uh, Come on, we got we've got to admit something's going on here. This is not like an everyday occurrence in your Bible, okay? This is something amazing, something hard to even describe, hard to even imagine. And then look at chapter twenty-five. That's chapter twenty-four. That's setting the scene. We have Moses now. He's up there forty days and forty nights. He goes up into this and this cloud. What what is happening On, on a mountain? What is going on? And in chapter 25 verse 1, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, All right. So now, remember he said, come up here and I'm going to give you law. I'm going to give you these things to teach. And now he starts instructing Moses. Now this dramatic scene, a mountain and a cloud and glory and God is seen and all these things happening. What could be so important to, 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 to basically give the information in this such a dramatic way. He could give the information in probably all kinds of other ways that would be far less dramatic. Far less uh you know seen. It would be you could you could do it in a in a far less, how could we say private way, a far less not so visible way, but this is visible. This is magnificent. This is almost supernatural supernatural would be a good word for it's it's hard to even comprehend. So what is he going to say to him And verse chapter 25, verse 1? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. So immediately he wants an offering to be taken. And everyone should be doing it with a willing heart. And this is the offering which you shall take of them. So he says, you're going to go to the children of Israel and say, hey, I need an offering. But wait, wait, wait." only do it if you have a willing heart. I don't want anyone doing this who's unwilling. Only do this if you are willing. I think that's a good principle for any time you ask for an offering. Hey, if you don't want to do it, don't do it out out of you feel like you have to or you're being forced to. Don't use manipulation. Just say, hey, here's the, o- we need an offering. And then if you're willing, great. If you don't, then don't, don't, don't. We don't want, we don't want it in any way, shape or form. All right, here's, and this is the offering. Look what he's going to ask. Exodus 25, three. And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skin dyed red, Uh, and ram skin dyed red, and badger skin, and shittim wood, oil for the light, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, the onyx stone, and stones to be set in the ephod, and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Let them make me a sanctuary... You may want to circle that word sanctuary. Let them make, take up the offering and then let them make me a sanctuary. God wants a sanctuary. Why? So that he may dwell among them. God wants a sanctuary that he may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle... And the pattern of all the instruments thereof, and even so shall ye make it. Here in this dramatic way, God brings Moses up to says, take an offering because you're going to build a sanctuary for me so that I can dwell amongst this people. A sanctuary. And then you're going to build it after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And then he begins to start laying out all of these details. Now, this introduces to us, to you, to everyone, what we are about to engage in. Over the next few months, maybe six months, I don't know, but for a specific period of time, we, we, we're obviously have got to try to control it to some level. I've got to put some parameters around it so we don't just, we could go on for the rest of our lives. But we are going to do our best to have a very in-depth, very detailed study of the tabernacle. Of the tabernacle. You've heard sermons about the tabernacle. You've probably seen pictures. You've probably seen a slideshow. You've probably seen all, if you've been going to church for any length of time, at some point in time, the pastor will give you three, four sermons on the tabernacle, give you the basic idea. Say, this is a picture of this. This is a picture of this. This is a picture of this. You're like, amen. It's a picture of that. Whether it's really proven or demonstrated, you really don't know. It may You may not even know what rules are being utilized. He's using typology, You may not even know what rules are being utilized to guide the typology. How does that typology fit with your hermeneutic? Is it consistent with the hermeneutic? Is it inconsistent? You don't know. You're just like, hey, here's the tabernacle. See this? It That picture's Christ. You see? Oh, that picture's Christ. See that? And you're just like, amen, amen, amen. You take all the good notes. You're like, oh, wow, this is fascinating. But, and then next thing you know, it's over and you've moved on to the next thing. So I know you're familiar with it. It's not like I'm, I'm like, oh, there's this brand new thing in the Bible. Obviously not. But it's something that's there and it's something that needs to be studied. And I hope that the way we approach it, we, we obviously will approach it in the theology central way which is to do it completely different than everyone else, okay? We will definitely approach it in a different way, but hopefully it's going to be beneficial and it's going to require work. Remember, the Bible study exercises were never designed for you to sit back and lay on the couch drinking a Dr. Pepper needing a bag of Doritos. The, the Bible study exercise was always intended to get you up off the couch to a table with a notebook, with pencils, with a Bible, with some Bible dictionaries and dig in and do work. That's why we give you assignments and give you homework. And then we want you sending that to us at newsif at yahoo.com so that you are act- actively participating in the Bible study exercise. Now, if we spend 70 hours on the book of Jeremiah, <laughs> I don't know where the stopping point is for this study. But you know what? We may have to ask a question. And that's what we're going to attempt to do here. Why study the tabernacle? Why? why should we study the tabernacle? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, even though I know technically you didn't ask the question. I just put forth the question, but I'm going to pretend that you asked the question so that when I answer it, it's, you know, like I'm really answering a question. But in reality, probably none of you asked that question, but I wrote down five reasons why we should study the tabernacle. Are you ready? Number one, this is very, very, very important. All right. Number one, the first reason we are going to engage in a study of the tabernacle, the first reason you should participate in a study of the tabernacle, the reason you should want to study the tabernacle is because of the amount of scripture that speaks of it. Just due to the amount of scripture that speaks of the tabernacle. That fact alone should make you go, I think we should probably study this. Consider this, and this is taken from a number of sources, all right, this is very important. Whereas the record of the creation of the universe only takes up two chapters of the Bible, and the fall of man takes up one chapter, the tabernacle, with its priesthood and offerings takes up fifty chapters. Did you hear that? The tabernacle, with its priesthood and its offerings, takes up 50 chapters. Five zero chapters are taking up with the tabernacle. If you just to look in a, let's say you take a Bible app of some sort, like the Blue Letter Bible app, which we always suggest, if you just open up the Blue Letter Bible app, and you just type in the word tabernacle. Just type in the word tabernacle. Guess what? It's used two hundred and nine. It's the tabernacle occurs in two hundred and ninety-seven verses in the whole Bible. Two hundred and ninety-seven verses use the actual word tabernacle. It's actually used two hundred ninety-seven times. You you know what? If you want, compare that to how many how many times the word tabernacle is used versus how many times the word um, baptism is used. How many times the word communion or the Lord's Supper is used? How many times justification is used or propitiation or imputation? Or sin, like you can go on and on and on. Sin may be up there, but some of these very important concepts where we, we debate and we, 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 we base and how the church operates, how a church should minister, how a, who should be in charge of a church, all these things that we're so dogmatic about and we fight about. Look at how many times they're mentioned versus how many times the tabernacle is mentioned. 297 verses mention the tabernacle. It's talked about in 50 chapters. The just, and, and again, compare that, the entire creation of the universe, uh, uh, the heavens and the earth only has two chapters, <laughs> okay? Two, you could probably grab from Psalms and maybe you could make it three, maybe you could even make it four, but the tabernacle, 50? I mean, that, that's insane to me. The fall of man versus, I mean, like, it, it's it's hard to even wrap our minds around, all right? Um It says, and then they go on, this goes on to say, the tabernacle with its priesthood and offerings takes up 50 chapters and references to the tabernacle and other parts of the Bible occupy many more verses. It is sad that this important part of the Bible tends to be so neglected. It is talked about over and over and over and over again. And I bet you, I bet you, if you grab your Christian friends, Hey, come over to my house tonight. Free pizza, right? Okay, you get them all in the house. You say, "All right." Before you get the pizza, you got to pass the test. You you don't have to pass the test. You got to take a test, and you give them a test about the tabernacle. How do you think they would do? How do you think the people in your church would do? How do you think your pastor would do? How would I do? How would you do? I think we would all fail it. Over. We would. We know the basic concept. Well, the tabernacle. It's this tent. It was in the wilderness, and it pictures Jesus because somebody told me it told me it did. Yeah, but if I start asking you questions about it, some of you have taken an interest in it and you probably know more. There's always, I always feel like in every church, there's one or two people who really are fascinated by the tabernacle where the most kind of go, yeah, it's a cool thing, yeah, next, and move on. But the tabernacle, all right? So the first reason we should study is because of the amount of scripture that's dedicated to it. Look, if you've got that much of the word of God dedicated to the tabernacle it's a pretty good idea that you need to spend some serious time in it you need to know it you need to read it you need to study it you need to understand it number 2 all right this is very important number 2 the second reason we should study it is because this is something that is mentioned in both the old and new testament this is not just an old testament thing it's like well the tabernacle is that old it's mentioned in the new testament multiple times It's something that's an Old Testament and New Testament. And we've got to under, well, I mean, that's, God talks about this in both Testaments. It's talked about so many places. That should make you go, I think I need to know more about the tabernacle. All right. So number one, because of the amount of scripture that speaks to it. Number two, because it is mentioned in both the Old and New Testament. And number three, and I really want you to circle this one. Here's number three. Because the tabernacle, this actual physical tent that was in the wilderness, this sanctuary, this, this place where God was going to dwell amongst his people, this, this tent that God gives very specific directions to Moses and how to build, in this dramatic way where he's taken up into a mountain and then there's a cloud and it looks like a consuming fire and he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. This this absolutely spectacle taking place. God uses a spectacle to give him all of this information and how to build it. This actual thing, historical reality, is considered by many to be God's masterpiece of Typology. The third reason we should study the tabernacle is it is considered by many to be God's masterpiece of typology. And right there means the study of the tabernacle is really a study in hermeneutical methods. It's, it's a study in well, when is something a type and when is it not a type? How do I know it's a type? And if I say it's a type, who am I to say that this is what it represents or this is what it pictures? If I look at something about the tabernacle and go, Oh, that pictures Jesus, according to whom? You? How did you draw that conclusion? Because you bought a book on the tabernacle and it told you it did? Because they, like, this comes at, this, this has so much to do with hermeneutics, typology, Bible study, Bible interpretation, this encompasses everything. You should study the tabernacle because in a roundabout way, you're being forced to study biblical hermeneutics. You're being forced to at least deal with the concept of typology and determine if you're doing it in a correct way or incorrect way. All right. So, number one, the first reason we should study the tabernacle is because of the amount of scripture that speaks to it. Number two, because it's mentioned in both the Old and New Testament. Number three, because it is considered by many to be God's masterpiece of typology. Number four, I think this is important, because of the possible ignorance about it I think the fourth reason we should study it is because of the possible ignorance that exists inside of your mind and my mind. Let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. You ready? Here's a question. This is just for fun. How many tabernacles were there? Was there just one? Was there two? Was there three? How many? Come on, tell me right now. How many? How many tabernacles? Go! You don't have to answer. I bet you there, there. I bet you there would be some weird answers that would start coming out if people start answering. because I don't know if they know. They all know about a tabernacle. They may know about the tabernacle. Someone just put three with a question mark. I'm not giving you the answer right now because see, this is a Bible study exercise, right? But but you you can look and see. You can you can tell. I, I could give you a source to look, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. All right. But the thing is. If I think there's a lot of possible ignorance when it comes to it. So wherever there is possible ignorance, then guess what as a Christian podcaster, pastor, minister of any kind, guess what you should do? You should be like, "All right, that's where we're going. We're going to try to do everything we can to correct that ignorance." Right? We we've got we that you have to go fix it, right? You have to go fix it. It's like if you're a pastor and you're like, "All right, everyone, open your Bibles and turn to the book of Wherever the book is. And if all of a sudden you're realizing nobody can find the book, they're like looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. You know, if you're like Zechariah and they don't know how to find it or Haggai and they can't find it or Micah or Jonah or Amos or Joel or or Hosea, you, I'm just giving you minor prophets, but uh, I'm uh, sorry by hitting the microphone right there. If you do that and people can't find it, that's a good clue as a pastor. All right. We need to study that book. In fact, maybe we don't just need to study the book. Maybe we just, we, we need to do just a work on the structure of the Bible. Who knows? You start, you got to, once you detect the ignorance, you've got to go in and fix it, right? If, if, if you constantly ask people, Hey, where's that verse and nobody can find it? And I do that all the time in my, if you listen to me preach, Hey, where's this? And, and I won't go look it up. I tell you, go find it. Like people will just sit there in the sanctuary looking at me. I'm like, no, no, you go find it. And I think they're thinking, I came to church for you to, no, you came to church to study. So get to it. No, you go look it up. Go, where is it? And then they're, they're stumbling around and looking and, and you get those dramatic long periods of silence in my preaching. I should just play like the Jeopardy music or something because they're just sitting there going, mm-hmm, 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 and you're like, okay, come on. can anyone find it? You know, for God so loved the world, like for God, so like it's in John, like it's in chapter three, and it's you know it's it's after verse fourteen, but before seventeen. <laughs> and you're like, come on, someone find it, okay? And, but but then that kind of tells you maybe, maybe we should be doing sword drills where we have people look things up. Like you you once you realize it, you know. But I I think that there's a glaring amount of ignorance when it comes to the tabernacle. That's my feeling, or tabernacles plural, or one. And, oh, well, there's a Greek word in the Gospel of John in the first 14 verses that has something to do with the tabernacle. Oh, did you do your Bible quiz today? If you didn't do the Bible pop quiz, you'll know you'll know now why I told you to look up that Greek word. Yeah, some of you already know what I'm referring to. All right. Number five. So number one, because of the amount of scripture dedicated to the tabernacle or tabernacles, I don't know how many. Number two, because it's mentioned in both the Old and New Testament. Number three, because it is considered by many to be God's masterpiece of typology. Number four, because of the possible ignorance about it. And number five, and this is where I'm going to struggle. I'm going to struggle mightily with number five and how to fix this in a podcast format or even in a preaching format. Because this is the kind of thing that I would try to fix that many people who would walk into my church will turn around and walk out. Going, I'm not coming to church for this. I mean, I mean, a lot of people weren't happy when we spent almost well, well over three months. It was probably close to six months going through every single reference to the word Israel from Genesis to Revelation and to determine is that. Physical, national Israel? Is that some kind of spiritual Israel? Is that the church? And we went through every single one. And all it was, you'd come to church and you're like, okay, where did we stop last week? Oh, we were in Exodus. Okay. All right. Exodus two. Let's go. And we would turn to each one. All right, guys. Do you think that's national Israel? Do you think it's quote unquote spiritual Israel? Whatever that is. Do you think it's the church? Okay. Next. All right. Look okay, next. And we just went, went And we've done that on numerous subjects. Just going from one verse to the no- next, going to the next. I think we did that with baptism. We've did that with a number. And you know how people come into your church and they look around, they're like, what in the world is this? That's not a sermon. And I'm like, no, it's because we're studying the Bible. And people say, you can't do that from the pulpit. I don't know where, who, who made those rules because I think you can, right? I think you can. But, but so this one is going to be hard. Number five. Because of the pop, possible, the, another reason we should study the tabernacle is because of the possible neglect when it comes to all the actual details. You see, there's, when you have 50 something chapters dedicated to the tabernacle, that means there are going to be these, these very small details given one after another, after another. And it's like, what do you do? Well, preachers know they can't get into all of that, right? So they have to summarize it or they have to just kind of say it really fast and move on. They may show a little picture so that people can get a basic idea. They may try to describe, but they know they've got to move on relatively quick. What well, the assumption is, hey, the people that will go home and they will dig into the details. But whenever you make that assumption, you end up being wrong because no one's going to go home and spend hours doing it. Uh, that's the, there's always the exception, but that's the normal. So what we're going to try to do is, Look as at many as many details as possible. We're going to try how to balance that out. I don't know because I do know I can't spend hour after hour after hour going. Okay, there's this and this was this was this tall and it was this wide and and da, 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 and it was this color and it was made up of this material and 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 I. But see, there's a tendency for us to go. Well, what does do unless those details have some great spiritual significance? significance. We have a tendency to say, I don't care. Now, we would never verbalize it. We would never verbalize it that way. What we have a tendency to do as Christians when we don't care, it, we will never say, I don't care. We'll just, we'll say, we'll kind of just shrug our shoulders as, as if it's not relevant. Look, I remember I did a study. I was in the Psalms and I was looking at the, the, the supposed chapter titles... Given to some of the Psalms, because there's lots of discussion about it in church history, the significant, and maybe sometimes the, the headings are actually one chapter behind. Like when maybe you're saying, and I'm just picking random num- numbers, you could be looking at a chapter heading and Psalm 37. Yeah, these were not in the original, but they were added. But some believe that the heading in chapter 37 would actually be the heading for 36, and the heading in 36 would actually be for 35. There's lots of discussions about it. And so I was, and well, in that case, someone basically says, I don't care about any of this. And you're like, okay, well, all right, thank you. I, it it has something to do with God's word and church history and possibly how the un, uh, early church understood. But okay, okay, you're right. You don't care. But I, So a lot of Christians will never say that. But the reality is, you know, because what a lot of people will do is like, oh, we're doing that on Sunday night. And magically, they stop coming on Sunday night. And so then it's a pretty good idea. They don't care. Well, here's all I can say. If you truly believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that means from Genesis to Revelation that this was given by inspiration, this is God-breathed, then those details that you don't care about, you don't care about God's word. Your lack of concern about it or your lack of interest about it That's not the pastor's problem. That's not the pastor's job to fix it and to make it interesting so that all of a sudden you get excited about. That's your spiritual problem. Amen or oh me. Because if it's really God's word, our lack of interest in it or our lack of concern about it, that's on us. That's on us. Well, there's, there's so many details. Now, I understand you don't want to get, at the same time, you don't want to get bogged down that so no one can remember. So how are we going to cover the details? I don't know. I just believe there's a lot of possible neglect given to some of the details about the tabernacle. And so what we're going to do is try to fix that. So we've got five reasons why we are going to study the tabernacle, five reasons why we should. Number one, because of the amount of scripture that is uh, that speaks to it, that's dedicated to the subject. Number two, because it's mentioned in both the Old and New Testament. Number three, it's considered by many to be the masterpiece of typology. Number four, because of possible ignorance about it. And number five, because of possible neglect of to it, especially when it comes to the details. And we're going to dig in, and we're going to do what we can. Now, here is what I'm going to do. One of the resources we're going to be using, and please note, we're going to be using a lot of resources on this, probably. And sometimes we're going to cover something using one resource, and then what we may do is flip back around And then use a different resource over the exact same material that we've already covered. So they may, there may be a lot of repetition. And sometimes you guys love that. Sometimes you guys hate that. But it will also sometimes give us the chance to see, wait a minute. Remember the last, the last resource we looked at? They thought it was meant this and this thought it meant that. And sometimes we'll be able to see that the so called dogmatic certainty that some preachers have when they preach parts of the tabernacle may not be so dogmatic or certain, all right? And that can be very beneficial. But just if you want one resource that I know I'm going to be using quite a bit, if you go to wayoflife.org, wayoflife is all run together, wayoflife.org, you may do a search for a portrait of Christ, the tabernacle, the priesthood, and the offerings. 334 pages. You it's an uh you can you can download it if you want. I mean it costs money. I don't get any of the money or you can buy an actual physical copy. A portrait of Christ, the tabernacle, the priesthood and the offerings. Uh 334 pages. All right. A portrait of Christ, the tabernacle, the priesthood and the offerings. Go to wayoflife.org. You can uh, search for it. If you cannot find it, let me know. There are sample pages you can look at and I would challenge you to purchase a copy of that book. I would. Now, there may be other books I will challenge you to purchase as we move along. Of course, I always try to make it as, as where you don't have to buy too many things as possible. Um, At one point, we were trying to provide curriculum for everyone, you know, $50 a month that was costing us. And finally, we had to cut that out because, well, $50 a month is a lot of money trying to provide curriculum for everyone. So uh, we cut that out to save a little bit of money. Maybe someday we can return to that. Maybe if if more money came in, then we we can go back to offering free curriculum to everyone. But in this particular case, if you can do that, if you can order the book, you, you don't need it. You don't need it. So don't feel like you have to. Now, if for some reason you can't, you want it and you can't afford it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And of course, I will do everything in my power to get you a copy free of charge, no obligation, nothing. And, uh, we'll do our best to make sure you can uh, have one. All right. A portrait of Christ, the tabernacle, the priesthood and the offering It's 334 pages. Wayoflife.org, if you cannot find a link, or if you cannot find it, newsif at yahoo.com, I will send you a link. And of course, if you can't afford one, let me know, and I'll do my very best to get you one as soon as possible, all right? We'll be using that. Now, your first assignment is very simple, maybe a little time-consuming, but it's important. I want you on your own, together. Now, I know you can just look this up online, but, well, I don't care how you do it all right i'm gonna i'm just gonna make a i'm i'm not gonna make you have to do it the hard way but i don't care how you find I want you to grab a piece of paper and or a notebook and start your study of the tabernacle you know twenty twenty three slash twenty twenty four all right and what I want you to do is i want you to just write out and group all the scriptures that deal with the tabernacle right so let's say Let's say there's a number, well, we know there's a number of chapters in Exodus. Just say it starts in chapter 20, whatever, and it goes to wherever, and then Deuteronomy, group them all together. If it's just one chapter, just put the chapter. If it's just five or six verses, just write, but group them all together as much as possible just so that you can write it on. I want you to write it down. You say, but it's in this book. I don't care if it's in the book. Write it down so that you get a good idea of all the places the tabernacle is talked about. Just write it on paper. Write it in your notebook, right? Right right? From Exodus this to the end of there. I'm, I'm not going to try to tell you what. Leviticus, how much of I mean, doesn't the tabernacle kind of even, I mean, we have, well, we could talk all day about that. Just group them all together. And then, then guess what you just start doing? Just start reading them over and over and over. And over. 50 chapters, according to most sources. The tabernacle is at least involved with the priesthood, the offerings, and the tabernacle itself. All of it's connected. Yeah, so you get, you know, that some of those things don't, it doesn't even make sense without understanding the tabernacle. So the tabernacle, um, about 50 chapters, I want you reading them over and 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 over. You say, how, until we're done with the study, just keep repeating, just keep reading. Just read one chapter a day, two chapters, just read, just read, just read. And then as you're reading, just write down. Just your general observation. Don't do any interpretation. Just write down general observations or questions or challenges, and just and you're engaging it, and just re- do it. Read it over and over and over again. The more you read, the more you see. The more you observe, the better prepared you are to interpret. Don't do it. not worry about interpretation. This is just observing. All right. Now I've got I've got the scriptures broken down. But again, I want to make sure you understand. You want to you want to gather all the scriptures that mention the tabernacle with its priesthood and offerings. And I think that takes up 50, right? Some of you may argue, well, it doesn't really mention the tabernacle. And I'm gonna be like, that that's that sacrifice, that that offering happens well right there in the tabernacle. It you have to understand the tabernacle. All right. Oh, good question. Someone just asked a very good question. Uh, um, Are there another word or words, are there other words um, that might be used to refer to the tabernacle? Well, I think we already found one, did we not? Did we not already find one? What do you think? What do you think? I'm going to go back to Exodus. Go back to Exodus. Remember the text we started with? Right? Um, You see if I can find where it is. And, oh, yeah, verse, uh, Exodus chapter 25, verse eight. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That sanctuary is going to be the tabernacle because he's getting ready to tell them to, 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 to build it. So, uh, sanctuary would be another word for tabernacle. Yeah. Dwelling place. He also says that I may dwell among them. Dwelling place could be, uh, uh, tent of me, meeting could be another term. Offering, I don't think the off- offering ne- doesn't necessarily refer to the tabernacle itself, but the offerings take place at the tabernacle. In other words, whenever you're, when you, whenever you understand the layout of the tabernacle and then you read about the offerings in Leviticus, well, you, you can't understand that offering apart from the tabernacle. So it's connected to the tabernacle. So therefore, it's not a direct reference to the tabernacle. But it's connected to the tabernacle. So then you would include that in your scriptures about the tabernacle, because that's where the offering's taking place. It's going to be like, give the offering here. Well, where is the here at? Where is that? Oh, it's, it's there. It's outside of this, or it's next to this, or just the more you understand the structure of the tabernacle, the more you'll understand the offerings. Well, they got to take the blood somewhere. Where are they? Oh, that's part of the tabernacle. Wait, they got to wash something. Where are they? Oh, that's the tabernacle. Okay, you know, so over and over and over, it's going to be connected to the tabernacle. All right, there you go. Now, by all means, you can look it up. All the scriptures and the Bible that mention the tabernacle or about the tabernacle and just try to group them together. But write them on paper. Write them on paper. I can tell you right now how many chapters are in the book of Exodus about it. I can tell you that right now, but I'm not, I'm not, not going to. I can tell you how many, how many are in the book of Hebrews about it, but, but I'm not going to tell you right now. All right. I, so I, I, I hope that helps. I hope that helps. I hope that helps. But you can look it up. Just when you look it up, then write it down. And if people have trouble, then we'll do it. But I want you, I'm trying to get you involved in actually doing some of the work. That I don't want to just give it away. Typically, this is where the pastor would be like, the tabernacle is mentioned here, 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 here. But I I want you to see what you can find. Do your own little research here. I'm not going to make you go through the Bible and just start skimming every book going, oh, I think that verse is about the tabernacle. You can look it up. You use a Bible dictionary, Right but just you're just looking for the verse that the, the I, I think it's easier just to probably do a search for all the places in the Bible that mention the tabernacle. Probably can find it like that. Or you you can you can look up the word tabernacle itself, but there are other phrases that 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 go with it. All the different names, do a Google search for all the names for the tabernacle. All the different names for the tabernacle. We just saw sanctuary We saw that tent of meeting. Is that the same thing? There you go. That's your first major homework assignment. And then you just start reading and reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. And And that's where people always, that's where people, that's, I hate to say it in Bible study exercises. That's what always drives me crazy is that's where people won't sometimes participate. They won't do the reading. That won't do the read and he's like you've got to read it over and over and over and over and over and over because no matter what we do in the study if you're reading all the verses in the Bible about the tabernacle over and 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 over again I'm telling you no matter what I do no matter how many mistakes I make you would come out of it knowing more than you've ever known ever in your entire life. The tabernacle would be so much inside of you because you would be like, oh, it's mentioned here and it's mentioned here and he says this and and, and you, would, you would be walking around mastering the, 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 the source material. All right. There you have it. I want to say more. I want to say more but we will say more later. All right. Okay. If you need help, email me newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. I know I'm making that assignment a little, a little difficult. You're like, but where do I just look up, just start doing searches for all the scriptures that mention the tabernacle, all the names for the tabernacle. And then you'll just, you'll see some of those, some of those uh, sources will immediately grab those verses where you're like, well, wait a minute. That's mentioning this. It doesn't say tabernacle, but it's clearly connected to the tabernacle. All right. And even if you don't have it perfect, that's okay. Because if, when we're going through it, if we cover something like, well, wait a minute. I didn't even have that passage of scripture. Then you can add it, and then you can start reading it over and 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 over again. All right. Email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Welcome, everyone, to our brand new Bible study exercise for the next who knows how long of your life. Okay we're going to be studying the tabernacle and we're going to do our best to understand it better than I've ever understood it, hopefully better than you've ever understood it. And and we're going to be obviously digging into some very important principles related to typology and biblical hermeneutics. I can't wait. Hopefully you can't wait, but I do know this, it's going to be a long journey. So if you think this is going to be a little, you know, three-hour cruise, you're mis- sadly mistaken. We're going to be stranded on a an island and we're not getting off that island for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, or tw- was it a twelve-hour tour? What? How did this song for Gilligan's Island go? I don't remember. Okay, I know it's a dated reference, but okay. Forever, how long they were supposed to be out on the water? They ended up getting stranded on a desert island. Okay, it was a sitcom from the sixties. Okay, all right. I digress. The the was it sixties or seventies? I digress. Okay, my my television knowledge is not perfect. Okay, but. Don't think this is going to be a little, a little, you know, couple of hours out sailing around going, Oh, look, look, the tabernacle. Isn't that cute? And then next thing you know, we're off to something else. This is going to be, we're going out in the water. We're crashing on a desert island. We're burning the boat and there's no escape. Okay. For who knows how long? And then when we finally leave, you're going to be exhausted, but you're going to be like, tabernacle, tabernacle. Every time you fall asleep, tabernacle tabernacle. And people are going to be like, would you stop talking about the tabernacle? That's all you're going to know. All right. Maybe that's a little hyperbole. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. Hope you're excited. Start gathering all the scriptures you can find about the tabernacle and start reading them. And we'll make a plan on how we move forward. Thanks for listening. God bless.